Hello everyone, and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Globe and Paradigm. I'm your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD8 Dubuque, and this week, it's gonna be a very fun week because we're going right back into color theory. That's a suicide mission! Did someone say crazy person? No. no. Well, I heard it. Yes, this is another Gloving Color Theory episode, and in this episode, we are going to be covering complementary colors. Yes, complementary colors do exist, and they do happen for a reason, because that's how it works. Apparently. Nothing you do matters! Your existence is a lie! Anyways, so, we're gonna get right into this, because this is gonna be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys certainly enjoy this. So, let's get right into it. A few moments later. So, first thing first, I know a lot of you're asking the question, what is considered complementary colors? Well, by definition, when it comes to complementary colors, it's basically a pair of colors when combined or mixed, cancel each other out, essentially losing their hue, making a grayscale effect similar to white or black. However, when placing next to each other, they create a, the strongest contrast for those two colors. If that makes any sense. So basically what you need to know is that these are also known as opposite colors. The reason why they call them complementary each other is because when you put them next to each other, they really boast each other's intensity in terms of color vibrancy. Whatever you say, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know why I just said that. So what do I mean by this? So we have multiple different models, but basically how this works is that you take the primary colors and the secondary colors and you're going to pair them up to the point where each outcome comes out either white or black depending on which model you're using so for the example of gloving since we use light as our platform to, for our colors we have to use the additive color theory model So in this instance, we have red, green, blue as our primary colors. Then we have cyan, magenta, and yellow as our secondary colors. The goal that you're going to do here is that you're going to take the primary colors and you're going to pair it with the secondary colors that that particular primary color does not correspond with. So for example, if you have red, you're going to combine it with cyan. That's going to make white. You're going to take green and pair it with magenta. That will make white. You're going to take blue and pair it with yellow and it's going to make white. That's, that is literally your complementary colors when it comes to light. Now, subtractive theory is basically the inverse of that because subtractive color theory literally has the primary and secondary colors of light switched. So the secondary colors are actually the primary colors and the primaries are the Secondary. Why? Why am I explaining this? Is there a reason why I have to keep explaining this? Your existence is a lie. Anyways, so when they're mixed, they cause a grayscale effect. They just kind of like cancel each other out. It's like taking a negative and a positive and putting them together. Nope, they just cancel out. All right. But when you put them together, that's where the contrast comes in. Wow, that was amazing. So the best way I can describe this is like if you're walking and you see red and blue put next together and like blue starts doing this little popping effect with your vision uh, and it really comes out much more pronounced. That is what's known as complementary contrast. You know, that is, it's literally the contrast between those two colors are being bolstered by being next to each other. Like that's kind of the, um, a neutral symbiotic relationship. I don't know why I'm using these random scientific terms, but I guess what I am. And there is nothing you can do. Let's kill him. Oh, bring it on, Bow Wow! Ah! Ah! 
So that's basically what you need to understand when it comes to complementary colors. Depending on which model you're following, which traditional light and paint and certain medias. Five minutes later. They have different models to follow. Now, there's ones that the computer uses that has like a setup where it has the primary colors, but then the white, gray, and black scales are on its own separate axis. Therefore, I am not going to use it here because that's just way too much work and that's just a lot of useless information that I don't think we really need to worry about. You think you're better than me? So, when it comes to our particular model, which one do we follow? Well, since we are working with lights, we are using the additive color theory model. By science, you cannot tell me you can use any other one and say that it'll still work. Unfortunately, no, because science has shown us by evidence that this is what it operates on. People don't tell me what to do. I tell them what to do. So, do you have to use this particular model in order for it to work? No, not necessarily. However, when it comes to just a scientific standpoint of making these naturally pop out, you do want to follow the additive color theory model. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you can't follow the subtractive theory, even though if you try to follow the subtractive theory, it's just the inverse of the additive theory. So what's the point of doing that? First bite. <laughs> But if you want to use like traditional color theory where it uses the traditional primary colors, which is red, yellow, and blue, that's fine. Go ahead, whoop-de-doo, I don't care. You know, if that's how you want to operate, that's fine. That gives you a model to follow. You know, that is that's all you need to do. You just need that model to follow to really come up with the color sets. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. So, like I said, when it comes to our particular model that we're going to follow, in this example at least, it's going to be the additive color theory. So, I already told you kind of the ideas of which color pairings that you have. Oh, thanks, man. So, when it comes to the additive color theory, when it comes to the, the combining aspect and the mixing aspect, when it makes white, it has to be at their fullest intensity. So when it comes to gloving, if you have these particular color pairings on the highest tint control slash true brightness control setting, then you're going to have pretty much white on the idle. Why is this important to know? Well, I've always talked about how your tints can really help hide what colors you're using within your color set, right? So if you want to have a white idol and actually have very interesting contrasting colors to really pop out when you move your hands, you can use this model to kind of pull this off. So you can have red and cyan on high, put them together, it makes white, right? So on idle, it'll sit there and be white, but once you move it around, then you see the two contrasting colors and they're gonna pop out way more. So that's something to take in consideration. That is the idea when it comes to using complementary colors within gloving color theory, is that you're using these to make them much more contrasting so that way they will pop out more. If I remember correctly, through the algorithm that the Uber Nanos use, they kind of follow this type of model. When they add in complementary contrasting colors, they really help your color selection pop out even more, if that makes any sense. Hopefully it does. I know sometimes I just feel like I'm talking to myself. Because that's what I like to do, is talk to myself. Stop it. Get some help. Sorry. What is wrong with you? Now, I will certainly say this. If you want to have one particular color be bolstered by the other complementary color, but you want that particular color to be the focal point, so in the example with red and cyan, let's say you want cyan to be much more pronounce. Then you want to make cyan a little bit more brighter than the red. The red's still going to complement it, but since 
cyan is much brighter, it's going to be bolstered even more because it takes more of the forefront. Hoping that makes sense. <laughs> no. So once again, I'm just going to reiterate this. If you try to follow a subtractive color theory, you're literally just following additive color theory in reverse. So if you want to use it as your method of how you go about your color programming, then go ahead. That's fine. I'm not going to stop you. I'm just letting you know that you're just kind of working backwards when it comes to additive color theory. And there's just no point in telling people at this point. It's just, you know, redundancy at this point, and that's totally fine. So. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, with that being said, I want to touch on traditional for a little while, alright? Because traditional color theory is a model that we can use. Is it going to be correct when it comes to a lot of people? No. But this is a model for you to operate with your colors and use that to your advantage, if done right. Now, I will certainly say when it comes to a lot of this stuff is a lot of trial and error. You gotta tinker around with these settings. You gotta see what really works and what really pops out. Especially if you're trying to figure out how to make this work on camera. Because camera is the thing that makes it difficult when people wanna record. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to have to eventually cover a camera episode. I'm really not looking forward to that. Please don't. It's just because I don't really know that much about cameras. What? I knew it. Stop letting him make you realize stuff. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, if you don't know what the traditional color model is set up as, you have your primary colors, which is red, yellow, and blue. Then you have your secondary colors, which is green, purple, and orange. These are your color pairings. So you got red and green, you got yellow and purple, and you got blue and orange. These are the colors that they have found to be very complementary to each other. Now there is a long extensive history when it comes to traditional color theory. It goes all the way back to, you know, Picasso and Van Gogh and all that stuff. So if you want to look into traditional color theory, go read it on Wikipedia, go down that rabbit hole of information because it is a very deep rabbit hole of information. Ah, uh, no, I don't really feel like it. But what I'm going to tell you when it comes to traditional color theory color pairings is that yes, you can use them for your color pairings in light. So a good example is maybe you use them as your impacting color complements. You know, that's the whole thing is that they contrast with each other so you can actually follow that. This is something I have been talking with a lot of people within the gloving community who are interested in impacting and want to experiment with the non-traditional colors of red and blue. Why? 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 This is something that you can follow. Do you have to follow it verbatim? Not necessarily. It's something, again, you got trial and error. You got to tinker around and see what works. Nope, nope. Stop talking. Go to jail. But this is a good place to start for a very good reason. You know, marketing uses this, but science also shows us how it works. All right. So with that being said, what is it that we come to applying this to gloving? Well, when it comes to programming, it's very simple. Using complementary colors, again, like I said earlier, is that you can use these to have one or more colors actually stand out more. Now, it's gonna be a much more advanced color theory when it comes to color selections and how to make those color selection works. I will definitely get that into a much later episode. But when it comes to your complementary colors, you're gonna to try to use them either to boast each other or one or the other. When it comes to figuring out which one you want to do, if you have one color over the other, you wanna make the one color you want to stand out more to be brighter than the other color. I would say anywhere from a one tier stand up. So if it's on high, you put the other one on medium. If you put the other one on low, 
I don't think it's really going to bolster it that much. It really depends on your chipset because certain chipsets have different brightness and it's just because of how they're programmed and how they're manufactured. Again, not gonna get into that. But that's something that you definitely gotta do trial and error. My rule of thumb would be if you're using one color to bolster another color and you want that second color to be bolstered only, then I would do one tier down. So if it's on high, go down to medium. That's that's basically it. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Now, if you found a couple of color combinations that work on the high and low setup, great, go for it. You know, no one, who, who is stopping you at this point? Just do it. I, if anyone's stopping you, then that's just crazy. But like I have said, your tint control and your true brightness control is really gonna help with that. Now, if you're trying to do really cool ideas like hiding it within white, but still want them to be contrasting, my suggestion to you would then be basically, <laughs> it's very interesting how certain color programming selections go, but you can definitely put white in between your colors and put them on maybe like a medium or a low. So if you have like, let's just use green and magenta as your, co your combo, right? You got green and magenta, putting white in between is actually gonna probably help. Now, I would certainly say if you had your magenta and green on high, uh, try putting white on medium or low. Maybe start with low first. If that doesn't really, if it doesn't wash it out into that white grayscale effect that you're probably going for, then bump it up to medium. If you put it on high, I think it's just going to kind of detract away from the contrasting colors that happen within it because it kind of breaks it up. But if you put it on a lower tint, that's not gonna draw your, your viewer's eyes. The colors that are the brightest are going to draw the, the viewer's eyes because after movement, intensity is what catches the eye, all right? Now, like I've also said with your true brightness control slash tint control, you have, your tint is going to be dictated by this. So that's where you also wanna take into consideration is that when it comes to your tint idle, do you want it to be bolstered by a single color? So like with the green, Magenta example, do you want magenta to be the idol? Do you want green to be the idol? Then you wanna bring, you know, mess up with your tint controls, uh, true brightness control settings to actually make that work, okay? okay. If you want them to, you know, blend perfectly to get that grayscale effect, then you want them on the same intensity. I don't know if putting it on medium or low is really going to cause a good grayscaling effect. I would certainly say, if I had to put it in a, in a way of perspective, if I break it down between high, medium, low, High will get you like the white scale, medium will get you that gray scale, and low will get you that black scale. And that's kind of like how I would put it. And that's trying to take into effect of what the computer, you know, what a computer does with color theory and how it makes this, because it has that third like grayscaling axis that it also operates on. Much, much, much later. Again, I'm not gonna go into huge lot of detail, but that's something to take into consideration. But I think that covers everything I wanna cover. I certainly hope that you guys enjoyed what I had to say about this particular subject matter because this is a subject matter that I know a lot of Glovers want to talk about or they want somebody to explain a good lot of ideas for them to work with. So I'm hoping with what I said in this episode that it gives you guys a lot of good ideas to start titillating, start working on, start tinkering around. And Jesus wept. For there were no more worlds to conquer. I want you guys to experiment. I want you guys to explore with what with what your chips can do. And complimentary color theory is a good way to start. Should we bail? Works for me. Wait. So if you have any questions that I did not cover in this episode, 
You do have the various places you can hit me up at. I do have a Facebook. I do have an Instagram. I am on YouTube. I'm I'm on Discord. I I'm trying to be everywhere, but please, please let me know what your questions are so I can help answer them, so I can help elaborate on anything that I probably did not elaborate further on. Allow me to help you. I just need you to help me by telling me I cannot read your minds. If I was able to read minds, I don't think we would need a legal system. Three days later. So, certainly I hope you guys enjoyed what I had to say on this episode. Those are the various places you can hit me up at. Of course, hit things on my wall like I always do. But of course, if you like the content that I make and you wish to help me make better content, you do have the wonderful opportunity to support me on Patreon. <sighs> yes, I'm going to keep pushing this. Yes, I am working on updating my Patreon tier list to get that going because I want to gain more engagement onto my Patreon side and I know what I need to do. I just need to roll it out. Just trying to figure out certain things in terms of other stuff. Like I already have the tiers already done in my head and I just need to update that on the website. I'm just having the thing that I need to make a video when it comes to Patreon because yes, I need to have an intro video so people would be like 10 days to come support me on Patreon. But I just don't know where I want to go with that. Certainly hope I can figure that out. I, I don't know, I'm trying to figure this out. It's just, it's just there working on it. These aren't even good lies. All right, fine. I had to come up with something. You were getting too close. Close to what? To the truth. So yes, once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching slash listening to my show. I certainly hope you guys enjoy what I had to say. I certainly hope you guys enjoy the ridiculous absurdity that I have when I'm sitting in this little room that is essentially a, a closet with a desk inside of it. Gay! Well, yep, that's pretty much all for my episode. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I absolutely love you guys. It wouldn't be possible without your guys' continued silent moral support. But I am your host, Peter A. A. LPD Dubuque, and I'll see you guys all next week.